Okay, and we are now recording, so you can try to do your thing. Hello, everybody in Co-op Land. This is Brian Anderson, host of the Co-op Land Economic Development Podcast. Today, we are joined by Heather Ennis. She is the CEO and Executive Director for the Northwest Indiana Forum. If you are not familiar with the Northwest Indiana Forum, they are the economic development body basically representing the region. So the area of counties that are basically collecting around the East Chicago, Michigan City, Lake County, Porter County, that area in Northwest Indiana. Heather is not only one of my favorite economic developers in the state of Indiana, but also one of my favorite people. She is comes from a, a wide background. She seems to have limitless energy and leadership. And frankly, uh, her conversation with us today is, is one of the better ones that we've done so far. So join me in listening to Heather talk a little bit about her region, her background, and some of her experience and thoughts on economic development. So Heather, why don't you start out just by telling us a little bit about who is Northwest Indiana Forum and kind of what is the area that you guys cover and what is the mission of the organization? Sure. So the Northwest Indiana Forum is the seven county economic development organization. We cover Lake, Porter, LaPorte, Jasper, Newton, Pulaski and Stark County. So very wide and very diverse region. Really excited to be urban, suburban and rural. So we've got a a lot of ground to cover for companies and people looking to make their home in Northwest Indiana. So we act as the voice of Northwest Indiana business. So I'm a registered lobbyist, as is Kay Nelson on our team. Uh, So we do a lot of advocacy around economic development opportunities, as well as the regulatory environment. We market Northwest Indiana as the place for business. So we spend probably about a third of our time out in the marketplace, either working with companies that are here, helping them to grow in our area, or working with companies, site selectors, brokers, and developers that are outside of our area, helping them to learn uh, all the great things about Northwest Indiana. And then third, we stake out and drive bold initiatives that otherwise wouldn't happen without an organization like the Forum. So we're in charge of the Regional Economic Development Plan. We've been the shepherds of the Ready Project uh, through the IEDC, and we're excited to to be working on on those types of projects. I feel like you and I spend our most time together outside of the state of Indiana. So a lot of times meeting with site selectors and, and talking to people about, you know, why come here. So what is that elevator pitch that you give to businesses and site selectors about for what reason they should make Northwest Indiana their home? Yeah, I mean, really, if you look at the opportunities in Northwest Indiana, we're just outside of the third largest economy in the country of the city of Chicago. We've got great assets in Class 1 rail, uh, deep freshwater port. We're home to the 61st National Park. We've got great highway infrastructure. And as I said, we are urban, suburban, and rural. So we've got big swaths of land that are attractive to some of the projects that we've been seeing lately, as well as a lot of urban infill and opportunities around great population size. So when not to mention the great Indiana tax climate. Excellent. I think, you know, you and I kind of started our, our respective roles around the same time. I remember you and I meeting in Merrillville very early on, and, and we're both just trying to figure out what it is we were doing. <laughs> 
tell me a little bit about your background, kind of what you did before this, and maybe, you know, kind of in the, the several years that you've you've now been at the forum, sort of how things have changed under under your leadership, and, and maybe also give us a preview of some of the things you're looking forward to. Sure. So I'm a graduate of Purdue University, so boiler up. I spent uh, about seven to 10 years in the manufacturing arena after I graduated from Purdue, worked for a production injection molding company, but then moved back home and after a couple of sales jobs, ended up running our local chamber. And so I um, really got the love and the passion for economic development through that and and watching community grow and was there for about six years and then had the opportunity to come and run the Northwest Indiana Forum. And it's been nine, almost nine years now. So it's kind of crazy. I, I when, when talking about this, I, I really thought that it was a, a three year gig and and those first three years were really, really hard. So I'm I'm excited that that I've been here for nine years. The the organization has been a steadfast organization of of business engagement and economic development for uh, the last 40 years. So really to be able to look at the opportunities around how to help that business relationship grow how to put those dollars to best use to continue to grow the economy and and evolve the economy in Northwest Indiana. I mean, we're very dependent on on steel up here. You know, we make things and grow things in our seven county area, and we don't make enough things with the things that we grow, and we don't do enough to keep that downstream revenue in market or, you know, as as we look at steel processing or look at refining or look at look at opportunities around all of the raw materials that we have in the agriculture industry. So crafting a strategic plan for the organization was something that when I first got here, I was like, okay, we really need to do this, really need to set a course and tone for for the organization, because as you said, we sat down and, and I didn't know what I was doing. I asked board members what we should be doing and they didn't know what we were doing. So really trying to to get everybody rowing in the same direction. So those first three years were really challenging. But, you know, since we've put together Ignite the Region, which is our regional economic development plan, it really has helped create a path to move forward. And so I'm, I'm excited about where we're at and the engagement around the five pillars of Ignite. And, you know, I think the sky's the limit for where we go next. We're seeing, as we were talking about before we started, a lot of opportunities in the energy evolution that we're seeing, you know, more towards sustainable and green energies. We're seeing a lot of solar and a lot of, of wind opportunities. But again, got folks looking at doing a hydrogen hub in this area and what that means to continue to transition the economy. So, I really feel like that we've got great people here in the region and great partnerships. And so just helping to to grow those and grow the economy in the right direction. Yeah. And, and I'll say just in terms of, I think, what you have built in in the region and just in Northwest Indiana, I mean, the reputation for the region is unparalleled and, you know, your reputation is massive. I mean, I think that the idea that, you know, you're out there 
keeping what I would consider to be a lot of plates spinning. So there's a business attraction piece, there's an advocacy component, there's a community planning and just kind of making sure, as you said, everybody's rowing the boat and rowing in the same direction. You know, I, I think the eight, nine years that you've been at the helm have been unbelievably successful. And I think you've really quickly become the model of how a regional organization, not just as the body itself, but as an entire region with a collection of, you know, planners and economic developers and businesses can all sort of unite around a shared vision, shared mission, and uh, really start making positive strides and positive growths. And I think one of the things that that piqued my interest when you were talking a little bit about your background is the manufacturing. You know, personally, you know, I, I grew up around manufacturing, uh, worked summers in college in manufacturing environment. How has that, you know, maybe in in unexpected ways helped you when talking to maybe local businesses or even uh, trying to attract a business, maybe giving you a leg up or an ability to sort of understand and recognize some of the unique needs of a, a, of a, of a prospect business. I'm a manufacturing geek, you know, I love it. And, and so, so hearing about what people are trying to accomplish through their business is really exciting to me and to get to know them and to get to know what their their process is. And so, like, I, there's nothing I love to tour uh, a factory and and look at the integral parts that they have in their in their business and to to really I, it's, it's really kind of funny that how much I geek out when I'm at these places because it's just, it's so interesting. And then, so as we're looking at sites or looking at opportunities for development, seeing that vision in, in the prospect's mind and to be able to see their passion for it as well. It's, it's kind of fun. It's, you know, like finding someone that has a, a shared hobby almost. And so, so I really, I appreciate the opportunity that the manufacturing background has given me and, you know, as as you, I don't know that I'm I'm the poster child of Ritos or or anything like that, but we've now added a couple of staff members. But we've had three staff members here at the forum for a long time, and so the partnerships are critically important to the success of the region as a whole. And you know, we can't do everything ourselves, especially as a team of three. So partnering out of philosophy mostly, but also out of necessity. You know, I, we don't, we don't, we've got a great center of workforce innovations partner and we don't want to be the ones that run workforce. They do a great job of it. So how do we just better align our missions and, and continue to build on that? You know, we've got great utility partners. I'm never going to be the power company. I don't want to be the power company. I'm not going to, never going to be the one that, that is, is out there stringing lines for infrastructure or, or putting fiber directly into the ground, but how do we work with those partners to ensure that we've got the best opportunities for folks? So it is, it's fun and, and, and building on the partnerships always fun, but I, I can't, you know, you guys are awesome as well. I mean, we've been, and we've been out all across the country uh, telling the story of Indiana. And I'm always amazed with the passion and dedication that you have for for the state and you're always coming up with great ideas of how to engage folks around the Indiana story as well. So again, it's, it's a partnership. None of us, none of us can do this in a vacuum. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, Heather, over the years that we've worked together, that's one of them, the, you know, maybe one of the things I take away from something I've learned from you and something I've admired about you is that ability to 
sort of motivate others around that shared vision. And as you said, you know, with a, a relatively small team and lots of things to do, it's absolutely essential that you you build those coalitions and and lever people's strengths to understand and and move in a direction that creates additional benefit beyond just their own. And I think you've done a fantastic job of of getting there with the region. And I think that's that's one of the things that you know, many, many, many years from now will be one of the cornerstones of your legacy with Northwest Indiana as you really were able to build those coalitions. And I guess, you know, that is a that is a, another part of the question that I, I was kind of formulating for you as, as you were talking about. I think back to when that pandemic first started. And, you know, I think a lot of us were in a sudden level of uncertainty, but also our mode shifted from no longer are we trying to attract business. And now we're just trying to make sure that our businesses have what they need to get access to resources. Our employees and employers are are well taken care of, have a resource for information. And one of the things I really admired about you guys is you very quickly shifted to lean on some of those coalitions that you had built and started engaging with the area foundations. And maybe you can kind of, in a little bit of a retrospective way, talk about that shift and and some of the things you did to lean on the people who are who are best equipped to to maybe manage the moment. Yeah, I mean, if I feel like we, you know, it was a scary time for everybody. I think everyone's not certain where which end is up, and so operating on us on the Zoom platform that we all came to know and love, and then hate, and then love, and then hate again. We brought together mayors or legislators or, or, you know, folks that were trying to expand their message out over great masses of people that were all thirsty for information. I mean, I think you get in, into that situation where, you know, everyone's fearful and the, and the best way to dispel fear is to talk it out and to, to find solutions. And so bring those folks together, talk, you know, they think the state did an outstanding job of keeping people in the know with those Wednesday briefings. And so we just kind of mimicked those opportunities and brought together partners from across the state, across the region, and really continue to just keep talking because I'm a chatterbox and, <laughs> and that's what we do. We just keep talking and just keep engaging folks and, and figuring out where the questions are and then try and help find solutions. So it wasn't any secret sauce other than the fact that we wanted to continue to remain connected and wanted the business community to remain connected. And so the best way we could do that was through a virtual platform. And I, I think that, you know, I, I go back and I recall some of those times and as we're coming up on basically a three-year anniversary of that, I think about the fact that, you know, we saw some in the economic development world almost went into hiding. I don't know if they were hiding under their desks or in their basements or what was going on, but you didn't hear from them. And I think there was maybe a little bit of analysis paralysis of the, they didn't know where to go. There was so much information changing. And it felt like you guys, you know, did just the opposite. You went out, you poked your head up and you said, hey, let's bring people together. Maybe not even knowing what you didn't know, but at the end of the day, I think you guys became a huge voice for the reason region and were able to go out and bring those people together 
become more of a, a, a hub for information and become an advocate for the region. And I think today this is still paying dividends just from your reaction to that. And I think that's one of those things that I look at just sort of the personality of Northwest Indiana Forum under your leadership. And it has been exactly that. If there's a problem, if there's a, a vision, if there's something that needs addressing, there isn't a wait and see approach so much as a, hey, let's go get the information from the people who have it or can get it. And let's bring that to the people who need it. And I guess that that kind of brings me to the the maybe final section of our, our conversation. Legislatively, you're you're very active. You mentioned that you're a registered lobbyist as as well as uh, one of your staff members and you know constantly seeing opportunities where you are bringing legislators to the region to talk with your membership, talk with the community and and sort of our little pocket of industry. Talk to me a little bit about how that works and maybe how the the legislators have come to rely on you as well as as you on them. Yeah, you know, never in a million years would I have expected to say that I'm a registered lobbyist. I mean, like, you know, as you paint the picture of, hey, this is what my life's going to look like. I, I never, never, it never even crossed my mind. But I'm so grateful for the relationship that we have with our delegation up here and with the state legislature as a whole. Oftentimes, businesses can get lost in the shuffle when they're trying to advocate or communities can get lost in the shuffle. And the more we can speak with one voice or promote that one voice, it it gives cover and it gives inspiration. Right. So so the bigger the voice can get. The, the more inspiration it can create, but it also helps to create some anonymity so that nobody gets singled out for having maybe an opposing view or something like that. So I'm, re- I'm really grateful that the forum has been able to do that. I think one of the things, as, as we talked about from the height of the pandemic that has lingered on is our, our pre-session meetings with legislators as well as our Friday mornings with legislators during session, just bringing that Zoom cast to the membership, being able to continue to to create a relationship with the delegation and those that they serve so that everybody can can kind of be on the same page and, and hear the great work that's happening there. Because Northwest Indiana tends to not be on the same news cycle as uh, Indianapolis, you know, uh, a lot of the region gets their network news from from outside the city of Chicago. So it's it's challenging to to feel fully engaged around everything that happens in Indianapolis. So to have Indianapolis come to us is is a great way to to build on that relationship. And I'm I'm grateful for your participation in the, and you know we both serve on the Indiana Economic Development Association Legislative Committee. So again, continuing to amplify voices around the state for things that we all um, are excited about, ready to different, you know, things, things like that, new opportunities for the region and and to come together to find alternative solutions for things that we really feel could be a detriment to our industry. So, you know, I, I do I appreciate your voice on that that committee as well. Thank you. So I guess as we wrap up, you know, just. I'll give you a couple of minutes here to maybe talk about, you know, what's coming next, if you have anything big planned for 2023 and beyond and and what we can maybe look forward to from the the forum. Yeah, so we are extremely excited about 2023 and beyond as, you know, we were a $50 million recipient of Ready One. We've got 34 projects that we're helping to come to fruition 
across the seven county region. Some of those projects are are just helping existing programs to be able to extend into the four southern counties that maybe where they hadn't been able to participate as, you know, workforce programs and things like that, where maybe they didn't have the same census tracts in order to be able to utilize that programming. So amplifying those programs and and really bringing them into the more rural areas also to, you know, again, continue to build on what those 34 projects mean. So $50 million worth of an investment that's attracting over $550 million of additional investment coming along with it. So $600 million impact just in assets alone on the region, not to even measure the economic impact as as we often do, um, what that means downstream and for generations to come. So so that's pretty exciting uh, work. It's it is ready is turned into a lot of work. So we've added a team member to to solely focus on that. We're excited about ready to and again continuing to evolve the economy of our region so that we can continue to remain relevant. We both know that things are happening fast and furious and the world is an ever-changing place. And it's, uh, you know, maybe I'm getting old, but it seems like it's changing faster and faster. So we all have to continue to reinvent ourselves in order to remain relevant. And so making sure that we have the assets in our region to remain ready for the economy of the future, whatever that looks like, is something that I, I pride myself on trying to to help that come to fruition. So we're looking forward to participating in Ready2 and continue to build relationships and and be good listeners and good stewards of our communities because, you know, everybody has a little bit different need. But at the end of the day, we're all striving to grow our economies, raise per capita income, attract more uh, outstanding talent to our region and continue to grow that tax base. So we're lucky to get to do the work that we do, even though some days it's really, really hard. (laughs) But, you know, I, I, I can't think of a, a better sort of microcosm of, of what I love about you is the fact that you face that uncertainty and the, the known difficulty with a big smile on your face and with nothing but optimism. So, you know, I always find our conversations and our time together as just a, a rejuvenating breath of fresh air. So um, I think you brought a lot of that to our conversation today. And I just thank you so much for, for the time out of your busy schedule to, to join us and look forward to the next time we'll get together, which will probably be sooner than, than we think. But, you know, wish you the best as you, you endeavor into 2023 and beyond and, you know, pledge to be alongside you all the way. Thank you, Brian. I really value you and our friendship. So thank you for everything that you do. All right. And that was our interview with Heather Ennis. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed having it with her. So on behalf of our writer, Rachel Huser, our engineer and producer, Austin Arceo, this has been another Co-op Land Economic Development Podcast and have a great rest of your day.